Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight it is Ian. Nikki. And Bonnie. Nikki, you had a story about a cop Mm -hmm. who is actually in some kind of trouble, which is rare. Yeah. uh, For doing something. I guess I'm guessing he got caught on video doing it. Yeah, there is video. Uh, He did. He dragged or drug a woman into a jail by what body part? I think her arms. It looks like. Okay. She's handcuffed. Yikes. That sounds painful. That can really hurt, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really painful. Bending your arms backwards. Uh, Is this like a really big woman? No, she looks like a small, normal, normal normal-sized woman. Tell me the story. uh, What's going on and where'd this happen? So this happened in Florida. So this happened in Tampa, Florida. A police officer in Tampa, Florida, who was videotaped dragging a handcuffed woman into jail has been fired, authorities say. Oh, wow. Which is rare. Normally... Police are not held accountable for their actions. And this, so. like, as much as I, I think it sucks, it doesn't even sound like the worst thing I've ever heard a cop do yeah, and then honestly. not get fired for. Yeah. Yeah. And when you hear the rest of the story, it's kind of, I'm actually kind of surprised that he was fired for this because, as we know, police usually aren't held accountable. But, um, well, in a, in a lot of cases, they're not held accountable when there's there's no video. If there's yeah. video, then it helps that it increases yeah. the odds that they'll be held accountable. Although, in many cases, they're still not held uh, I mean, accountable. So, and, this and is still a surprise. All the time, police shoot, murder people, and they're not held accountable. Oh, it's not you know? murder when they so, do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he might be like appealing this right now and get reinstated yeah. or something, too. That, that also sto- happens. Those stories have happened. Yeah, that's true. So an internal investigation determined that former officer Gregory Damon violated department policies during the November 17th incident the Tampa Police Department announced Tuesday in a news release. The woman was being arrested for trespassing, according to the release. A body camera video shows her refusing to leave Damon's vehicle while parked at the jail, telling officer, I want you to drag me. So that part... (laughs) Was the reason why I was kind of surprised because she told him to, but it's still they're not supposed to drag a handcuffed person. Well, what but, else are they supposed to do? Because didn't they do that to like Lauren, uh, Lauren Johnson? Uh, her last name isn't like, Johnson. Canario, or, Lauren Canario. Yeah, didn't they do that to her because she went limp and w- refused to cooperate? They didn't drag her. I think they picked her up. Hmm. I think they had more yeah, than maybe one more officer. More than one, yeah. Is, is he like a, her up. this guy in the video? Is he like a big guy, or do you think yeah, he's, he's kind of? He doesn't look a bigger guy. Is he fat? Like fat or no? He looks a little muscular. Okay, so he's in. He's in. So shape. I was gonna say yeah. maybe he could have picked her up and chose not. Well, to. if he's at the jail, he can certainly yeah. call someone. Yeah, for backup. Right. It's not. It's but, not like he's all true. alone on the side of the road and he has to wrangle this woman by himself. Yeah, and try to you know uh, restrain her. But it seems like he was probably pissed off. In the case of Lauren Canario, who, uh, for listeners that don't know the name, she was one of the earliest movers here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Prior to moving to New Hampshire, she made a stop down in New London, Connecticut, where they were uh, trying to steal people's homes and ultimately did steal people's homes for this big building project that the government had. That's terrible. Uh, it, was a, it turned it into a uh, Supreme Court case called they made a movie. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. They made a movie about it called Little Pink House. That's right. We haven't seen that, but we saw the trailer for it. Um, it's, uh, about, it's called the Kilo versus New London case. It went to the Supreme Court and unfortunately the Supreme Court ruled in the favor of New London, uh, which was the town in Connecticut that essentially said, what we want is we want to be able to take people's property by eminent domain 
and then use the property for private purposes because it used to be yeah. it used to be the rule with the eminent domain used to be okay you want to build expand the road at this yeah. place okay well then you can take people's property and you can use the threat of force mm-hmm. through eminent domain to take their property expand the road oh you want to put in a which you know, isn't park like isn't better in my opinion but well, it is different. It's different. Uh, it, I mean, it's still stealing people's property, but but at least the excuse there is, well, it's for the public good. That was the excuse. And so what New London argued successfully in front of the Supreme Court was that getting more taxpayer dollars from a piece of property is, quote unquote, for the public good. So the idea was they were going to take people's homes from them and turn it over to a development corporation that would then build a mega complex for corporations like Pfizer to have their uh, offices in. And the idea was that they were going to get more tax money if they turned it into a corporate complex than they were getting from the gen- the homes that had been there for generations. So Lauren Canario went there before she moved to New Hampshire, and she literally sat on the porch of one of these people when like a bulldozer was coming up to try to take the house down and ultimately was arrested for being on that porch and then was subsequently arrested again at a city council meeting where a lot of this was was going on so she actually got arrested twice while she was there in New London and it was noteworthy especially not just because she was doing civil disobedience with the arrest but also when she was arrested she would also not assist in her arrest. Yeah. So usually if you don't assist the officers with your arrest, you will be charged with what they call resisting arrest. Yeah. And uh, and she was not assisting at all. She would not get up on her own volition. She made them carry her everywhere. They got so frustrated with her, they ended up getting a wheelchair. Oh my god. Because they would put her in the rather than having to like lift her yeah. and carry her everywhere, they would just lift her, put her into the wheelchair and then wheelchair her for instance into her court That's appearances. So ridiculous. Like she would not even leave her own cell he's not like dragging her face but he is dragging her legs across and it looks like he's dragging them across metal grates here too it looks like a drainage system looks like quite a distance i mean he's not just he's not like parked right next to at least 100 feet the door right yeah he's dragging her across like a long garage or something like that yeah so so what else do we need to um, know about this story so she was being arrested for trespassing allegedly um, allegedly yes So Damon then removes the woman from the vehicle and pulls her by the arms across the concrete floor, stopping once to tell her to get up, but the woman refuses. Damon drags the woman to a doorway and then buzzes for additional officers to assist him before the body camera video released Mm. by the Tampa Police Department cuts off. So I'm assuming he turns it off. Mm. Um, The agency said it revised policy in 2013 to forbid officers from dragging uncooperative suspects on the ground. It took until 2013 to do this. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) All right, guys. No more dragging people. (laughs) All the cops. Officers should instead seek assistance from jail booking staff or other law law enforcement, Mm -hmm. police say, which you would think would be pretty common sense. But apparently... Police officers probably don't have common sense. So. This one didn't. That's for sure. He just wanted to. Sh- he wanted to give this lady what she had asked for. It sounds to yeah. me. You know? I, my guess is he was probably pissed off at her. He mm-hmm. was frustrated that she was not complying with his orders. So and he probably like, thought nothing would happen. He probably, probably not. No. He probably figured it okay, usually doesn't. Maybe maybe he even knew that it was violating the policy. 
But he probably just figured he'd get a tongue lashing from the captain, <laughs> and he, then that would be the end of it. You know, and they probably violate the policies all the time. Sure. You know, they have qualified immunity. Like, it doesn't matter. They can break the law. They can violate policies. It doesn't matter because nothing usually happens to them. He, he got fired in this case because there were video. Yeah. Uh, and because I think to some extent the police are trying to... They're trying to fix their reputation, I think, to a some extent, right? Like, they know that people hate them. They know that it's hard to find new cops. Like, it's it's getting difficult in the, the HR departments to actually find new blood who's willing to become cops. Like, even though, you know, you would think it's going to attract the psychopaths out yeah. there, and it certainly probably still does, but... It's getting difficult. Like, they have to try to sweeten the deal. They have to give them bonuses or or whatever they can to attract people into this job. And so they need to make this thing look a little bit better than than it does to the public. It seems like, from what I've noticed, it seems like most people that become police officers, it's kind of like a family thing. Like, their dad was or their grandfather. So they kind of have more of that family influence. Mm -hmm. But it's, and I know, like, I have. They want to make their dad proud. Yeah, and I have seen, like, some of the girls I used to work with at the hospital had, like, kind of that weird police fetish thing where they were, like, watching oh these videos on TikTok, and they're like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's so hot. And I had the Bad same bunnies. response as Bonnie. I was like, ew. Yeah. yeah. Like, why are you guys watching these videos? And they were confused that I didn't think that whatever. Like, oh, the man in uniform. It's just not. You know, uh, it's interesting hearing that you guys talk about this stuff, because if we can shift people's opinion in this direction more then that is going to discourage more people from becoming police officers and look i'm not saying that there's not a role for a protector in society i'm I'm not saying that at all but the government role of police officer is a monopoly on violence and we've seen so many times how they harm innocent people this is just the latest example uh and 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 if if police knew that people really did not appreciate the kind of things they were doing to their fellow man, they would think twice. And they are apparently mm-hmm. thinking twice. I'm not even joking. I really think that women having like, oh, it's hot to be a cop ideas is also helping with it. Because I think so many guys join the military. Like I have oh, le- yeah. less experience with cop people. If there's a police department in a, this fictional town, let's call it Keene, New Hampshire, where there's a lot of people who are critical of police violence or the police corruption or the police arresting peaceful people. And if the police, everywhere they went to, at every restaurant or every store or something like that, were getting some sort of pushback. Again, this is fictional. This does not exist today. People still generally like the police. They still trust the police. But if people were not trustworthy of the police... If people were giving them negative feedback saying, you know, I heard what you did to that uh, teenager last week by arresting him for possession of cannabis or whatever. That's not illegal here per se. But if you're a teenager and you've got cigarettes, you could be arrested or fined for that. So if people were to give some pushback to the police to say, hey, what you did is not okay. I just saw what you did arresting that uh, that college student for an open container, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. And if they heard about it at their Thanksgiving dinner, and if they heard about it at the, the local coffee shop when they tried to go in and get some coffee, especially if some businesses stopped ref- just started uh, refusing to serve them, you know, there's, I think to some extent, 
social pushback could affect how these people do their job. But it's almost the opposite. Like cops get free donuts yeah. and free coffees. And, and it almost, I can't tell if it's because these establishments respect them and want to kind of like pay it forward or, or whatever. Or they're afraid of them. Yeah, or if they're trying to get favors or like, oh, hey, you know, you're pulling me over for speeding. Remember, like... I gave you that free coffee last week, Yeah, exactly. So, you know... I've even had experience in my own life with that, being a nurse. In Massachusetts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, even in, you know, I've gotten pulled over a couple of times in New Hampshire, and all I have to do is say, oh, I'm going to work. I'm a nurse. And they're like, all right, have a good good night. If you got the card, go ahead and pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, my friend used to always say, like, yeah... I understand you have to do your job. My dad's a firefighter, so it's kind of, and I, I don't understand why, but that, it that literally worked. I watched it work. <laughs> yes, and it works. I mean, yeah. Mark used to keep his fireman's uh, helmet or whatever on the back seat. Yeah. So whenever he get pulled over, they look in the back seat yeah. and he's like, yeah, I'm a fireman. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I used to always like really like yell at cops and get upset about things because of, like they were, you know, trampling on my rights and stuff. Yeah. And my friend would always be like, listen, listen, I know. It's messed up, but you have to like talk to them nicer and stuff like that, or else that things aren't going to go your way. And it, I mean, he has a good point. I don't like it, but it's like I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a good strategy mm-hmm. if you just don't. If you're just a regular person who doesn't want to get messed with. Let's talk to Crichton. He's in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Crichton. Yeah, the uh, examples of the free coffee and donuts is kind of like a form of soft, soft corruption, where the the business owners they they. They want to attract the the cops into their establishment and be on their good graces mm-hmm. in case they ever need them. <clears throat> yep, that's true. But, uh, or in case like they but, ever are getting in trouble and want to get out of trouble. You know, I want to well, I want to just throw something out there since I did mention Keen earlier, and I I have not talked to an officer about this specifically in some number of years, so I'm just going to presume it's still true. I actually found out at one point that the Keene Police Department, to their credit, has, and I'll give credit where credit's due, right? Like, when it comes to the police. I'm not a total, like, hater of the police. They are humans, and they're just, you know, they're doing a job we disagree with in a lot of cases. But at least to their credit, they have a departmental policy of refusing freebies. Oh, really? They are not allowed. If you ever see a Keene cop taking a freebie from, like, a McDonald's or something like that, as I understand it, that is against the department policy, and Mm -hmm. I've heard this directly from uh, one of the higher-ups there at Keene Police Department. And and that's that's because of the the corruption aspect of it. Because they start to expect that sort of treatment. I know know people that were in the military, and they're like, oh, it's Veterans Day, and I'm not even going to get something from work. Where's my military discount? Yeah, all the time. So they just kind of expect that treatment. And it's like, well, does everybody else get? It's just, it's, it's strange to me. Yeah, Crichton, go ahead. Yeah, I, I want to call in and talk about when I was a teenager, approximately, I think I was seventeen. I was a, a true believer in the propaganda that we grow up with in in school about the noble task of being a police officer. Did you say so, propaganda or copaganda? The propaganda, okay. but it's the same thing. <laughs> um, and so I was a true believer, and I had an aunt who was dating a former cop. Mm. And at Christmas, I, I, I stopped this guy and asked him about it, about becoming a cop. And he said, oh, you're the nephew that knows the Constitution, right? And I was like, yeah, probably. He said, you'd hate it. Ooh. And he, he, would, he was very honest about it. There's nothing about it that is true based on what you learned in school. Wow. It's not true. Wow. And then 
He said nothing else, and he walked away. And I, I literally never talked to the man again because seven, six or seven months later, they broke up. So I never saw a man again. Wow. But he changed me in a way that I have to thank this man, that I don't remember his name. Um, some 30 years ago, changed me in my past by saying this one thing. That's what amazing. What I learned in school about cops is not true. Major Payne, you're on the line in uh, Michigan. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I didn't expect you to jump in so quick. There you go. Yeah, the, uh, the cop on the George Floyd incident, I think he had been recycled seven, maybe 11 times. You mean like going from department to department? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The one that was on his neck, I, I don't remember his name. Chauvin. Oh, yeah, Chauvin. But uh, on, on wow. the donut thing, you remember I called in before and I told you where the baker's dozen came from. Mm-hmm. That was from the... Uh, the Department of Weights and Measures, because the bakers couldn't quite figure out how to make a donut actually exactly an ounce and a third or whatever it took to make a pound of donuts out of a dozen, mm-hmm. right? So they, th- they so threw another one in. got a free donut. Okay. Right there. Bang. So uh, just here a couple months ago, I'm in a buddy of mine's house, and he's got a uh, woman who's quite fond of baked goods. There's always all kinds of goodies on the counter. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking through, and I spot this big box of donuts, and it says, Cops Donuts. And, of course, I start laughing, right? And his daughter's there, where she's walking by. I says, Cops Donuts. I says, that's funny. She says, yeah. He, she says, they're really good. And I said, well, who would know where the best donuts are but the cops? You know? But the good thing about that is the more fat they put in it, the better the donuts taste. And the fatter the cops get. And a lot of departments don't, uh, after a certain, I don't know how many years or whatever, but after a certain amount of time after you get hired, I guess it's like once you get the tenure, right? Because there's there's a certain window in in a lot of departments where once you get hired, you're still sort of on probation, basically, and they could fire you for things. But once you get past that window, then you basically cannot get fired unless you you rape or murder somebody and get caught uh, doing it. But uh, they also don't test you for physical uh, strength anymore. It seems like it. After after a certain point. Some of them are pretty fat. Right. It seems like you would have to be able to pass, like, the the initial week of hell camp or base camp or whatever every, like, couple, three years to be able to make sure you can do your job. Nope. They're more pencil pushers. That's why you see so many fat cops is because they literally have no requirement to to, uh, to keep their physical strength or their training on that end after a certain but point. But like, like a bad doctor, he's at least got to go to another state and file for a license. These guys just got to go to the next county where they still got their buddies. Yep. Well, and like fact. doctors and nurses have to do continuing education. You're on Free Talk Live Jet. Yeah, I called for a couple of real quick reasons that I want to do a short rant and get out shopping. Um, first thing, the um, the government, I'm sure you've used that term here in the last hour. I wasn't really listening that much. Just caught the last few minutes. But I wanted to encourage you to, instead of the word of government, just use the name of the violent gang you're referencing, like FBI, um, DHS, whatever. Okay, that's number one. Number two, a cop's job is to identify, apprehend, and transport criminals only. Mm. Not, not to punish to them. Judge. Yeah, not to punish them or act as judge jury. So, so here's why. Here's my little rant on 
why I believe that there's no such thing or can be no such thing as a fair trial using a jury. Mm. And that is, um, well, for example, in your case, the FBI prosecutor, judge are probably all paid from the same money pool. Yep. That's a um, fact. The uh, kind of kind of weighted on one side. But, but the thing is, the biggest thing is the jury thing. The jury is never chosen from actual peers as required. My questions there are, was the jury filled with people with good knowledge and experience in crypto? Was the jury no. filled with ex- expertise in online No, the prosecution systems? ensured that anyone that had any familiarity with cryptocurrency was knocked out. Yeah. Was the jury filled with in-depth broadcast or podcast media experience? Was the jury filled no. with in-depth knowledge of the, of the stated laws? Was the jury filled with people, just the basic, was the jury filled with people in their 30s and 40s, your actual peers? That's a good point, because they were all really old. I mean, there was a few that, the youngest people looked about in their 40s. So Mm -hmm. everyone else, like on average, were older than Ian. What I'm saying is it's rare that you actually get the criteria of a peer. That's true. They're They're just people. So... So the other question I had, was there an actual victim? Did anyone actually claim that you stole money from them? No, at no point. Did did anyone claim that you coerced them into buying crypto? Or did anyone believe that they were acting outside the law? I mean, some of these things, it's just so, yeah. Yeah, the answer is these are no. So there can be no justice in a biased, uneducated, uninformed court. But it's what's really unfortunate is that there are so few men or women these days willing to sacrifice their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to ensure that liberty and justice can prevail. So I just, and and the other thing is, I really do think that the outcome would have been different had it not fallen during the time of this Sam Bankman crap. TJ, the spy, calling from Colorado. Go ahead, TJ. On our SIP line, by the way, you can uh, call our SIP line at sip.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get the instructions on how to do that. It's easier now than it's ever been. Uh, go ahead, TJ. Well, Ian, I just wanted to say, how are you not depressed? Like, what are your secrets to staying up and at them after this verdict? Because I, you know, I'm not going to prison, but I find myself at work going, this is unfair what's happening to Ian, eight to 20 years for this nonsense. And I just wanted to know, like, how are you not depressed? <laughs> like, and bummed out or, or like, uh, miserable? Well, I mean, it's definitely um, not something to look forward to. Um, however, we do have the opportunity to appeal this thing. And so we have not exhausted all of our uh, potential options here, and certainly the the horizon is not does not seem as bright. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But being depressed about it isn't going to change anything. It's certainly not going to make my days better. Uh, so I just keep keep on keeping on, man. That's that's all. Oh man, because I was you know after watching, I mean, I, the first four days of the trial, I was getting hopeful. I thought you know he might mm. actually get acquitted on all this because, you know, there's no flaming gun. It's just Seth Afram up there making a bunch of wild accusations that aren't proven by the evidence. So no, That's true. I, I It got my hopes up, too, for the same exact reason. I guess we should have never had any ho- hope in uh, the average person to not be completely stupid. 
Well, I wouldn't go out and say they're stupid uh, personally, but they definitely were misled. And uh, and it's it's a shame that they couldn't see how clear those FBI agents were lying on the stand. And if they, they fell under their spell, it's it's a real sad, sad I'm gonna thing. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that would have even mattered. If I think there were a lot of factors, and I think... I think Christmas played a huge role in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, you know, they already had to spend, what, three weeks, three weeks. there? Yep. And they probably just wanted to be done with it. And yeah, I feel like I think that was a, a yeah, huge but couldn't factor. that have gone th- in the other direction too? I mean, couldn't they have said, well, "Oh, we're you know, Christmas, we're up against Christmas. Uh, this guy didn't do anything." But the, the jury instructions were out. basically like saying, "All right, the prosecution." proved this this and this so you got to find him guilty and they didn't the jury instructions were really bad the jury instructions basically said if this if the jur- if the prosecution showed you this if you can kind of assume that this may have happened that and that's not how it should have been i mean first of all the jury instruction said that bitcoin was funds the jur- jury never learned anything about bitcoin during this trial bonnie you were just about to tell us a story about netflix one of the world's most popular, if not the most popular, online streaming platform. Their numbers went down a little bit earlier this year. There was a bit of hubbub over their their first real decline in users. I think it was like half a million users. Of course, they have like 100 million users or something. Mm-hmm. So, Or 130 million or something like that. So like half a million is certainly not going to be the end of the world for them. But nonetheless, they're trying to shore up their profits and they have a new plan to do that. Yes, it says... This from Zero Hedge. It says the popular streaming service is planning to put an end to the password sharing beginning in early 2023. And by password sharing, it means people who have an account and they give it like I used to always have accounts uh, with them in Hulu. And I would let my little brother and sister watch it from my account. So that that would bother that Netflix because my little brother and sister wouldn't be paying for it. I would instead of three people paying. You wouldn't think, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for Netflix, but I, I can't imagine they're going to be targeting families, you know, people in the same household for they sharing a though. password. I'd be like in San Antonio, they'd be in Utah, so. Mm, okay. I mean, I don't think this is going to help, though, because if I wasn't going to pay for it to begin with, you know, like if I wasn't using my sister's account, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to buy it. You know, I'm just not going to watch Netflix. I and guess I don't, they don't care about that. Yeah, I don't know if... Everybody else feels that way, maybe. Maybe I'm the only one. Who knows? Now, does Netflix do advertising yet? Are they doing it? Because I know Hulu and some of the others have ad-supported plans. Is Netflix offering that? I think so. Okay. I don't know. Because that may be another way that they'll go is is if they figure out that this is too unpopular, if there's a big pushback, if they actually end up losing a bunch of, uh, of accounts because of this. Then they may rethink it. They may say, all right, well, you know, come on back. You can share your passwords. Just we're going to put you're going to have to watch advertising now because, you know, if you're sharing passwords, that means more eyeballs are Mm -hmm. watching their content, which could be more valuable from an advertising standpoint. But that apparently is not the way they're going at the moment. It says beginning early 2023, they're going to put a stop to this. Netflix has been exploring ways to crack down on it for some time, and this is the first official notice that the charges will finally happen, or sorry, that the changes will finally happen. Okay. The company claimed that out of the 222 million households around the world with valid subscriptions, wow. there were at I least- I thought it was 100 something. Wow. 222 million households. Right. So half a million is That's nothing. Huge. Um, it says there are at least 100 million additional households using their services via password sharing. Damn. Okay. 
Households using Netflix through password sharing reportedly include more than 30 million households across the United States and Canada, Newsweek reported. I think Zero Hedge is jumping to a conclusion here. I don't think you're going to hear Netflix uh, cooking up a criminal charge for a customer that's doing password sharing. I think they're going to disincentivize password sharing And maybe they'll talk about the different ways that they can do that. But they'll have different technological ways to disincentivize the password sharing. And they'll just simply tell someone, look, you know, you keep violating this. So we're just going to terminate your account. That's that's what's going to happen. They're not going to. You know, they're not going to charge somebody with theft of services over this. I just can't even believe that. I do not believe that in the rest of this story, there will be a Netflix executive salivating over how they're going to go to the cops over this. I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, it goes on to explain how they've been overlooking this, even though it's been an issue since right. like the company began. Uh, they've been overlooking it due to a surge in subscriptions over the past two years. However, revenue has been falling since the start of this year as mm-hmm. it faces its first drop in subscribers in a decade. Well, and also people are dealing with, as we're going to talk about, inflation, right? And when uh, prices are going up, if you are barely getting the bills paid, then you got to look at your budget and you got to say, you know, get out the old credit card bill, get out the bank statement and go through it line by line and say, okay, do we really need this Netflix subscription? Do we really need to go to Starbucks every day? Yeah, I wonder if people are cutting those things before they cut their pets. (laughs) I hope so, but... uh, Starbucks every day, you know, Netflix... All these different uh, subscriptions people have. Yeah, that's something that people should look at. That's definitely something people should look at cutting out. And so uh, that, I think, is probably a big factor in why they're losing subscribers. Not because people are bored of watching television or whatever. It's just that you know they can't afford it. And it's not getting cheaper, by the way. Netflix has been raising rates yeah. over time. It says the company has introduced fees for people sharing accounts that are not living in the same household in order to fight a decline in subscribers. Mm -hmm. Subscription sharing has also made it more difficult for the company to expand its service and productions into new markets, according to the company. I don't know how that is exactly. You know, I don't believe that because they're coming out with all these Netflix original movies and Mm -hmm. you know they're spending millions Millions. and millions of dollars. Not tens or hundreds of millions. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just hard to believe. Dodger in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Dodger. So I have been a recipient of a uh, Netflix uh, password sharer. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's it's my understanding, uh, based on talking, yeah, by the way, that was, uh, you know, a while back. I'm, I'm not the recipient anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, at either rate, it's my understanding that uh, you purchase the number of screens, like the, uh, the more screens that you bought. Um, it just so happens that if this person at the time decided that they wanted to get their Netflix action, it would just kick me off. Like I just wouldn't have access to it at that point. Hold on. There um, was a little bit of uh, bad data during that last sentence. If what that person would it would kick you off oh if uh if that individual decided right at that moment that they want something on netflix it would just kick somebody is that because they didn't pay for the extra screen for you they only had a one screen Uh, uh, maybe one screen or two screen and there was that person that watching it i'm not 
At either rate. Uh, so hold on, just to clarify, Dodger, what you're saying is they already have these restrictions in place that I was just speculating about. I didn't know. I, I've never used the uh, the online Netflix with the multiple screens or anything. I'm not sure how all that works. But what you were what I was speculating was was that they were going to just put up an error message that says that so and so is logging into the account and they just pulled your access from you basically because you're not the the person who is authorized to use this account and only or only one screen at a time can use it and so right, you get cut yeah. off yeah uh based on the, the subscription level of of netflix uh, i've also subscribed to netflix in the past too. so what is going to happen uh, in 2023 if well, they're already here, doing this an important piece of information that was mm-hmm. missing from this freaking zero hedge article I clicked on it. There was a little link that um, that it says Netflix customers could face criminal charges for sharing their password. That's what Zero Hedge says. But that's what I was about to say. I I clicked on this link and it says it was originally authored by Brian Young via the Epic Times. I clicked on it. It says UK customers. The story here at the BBC says that the IPO, the Intellectual Property Office in the UK, has since removed the reference to password sharing in its guidance on their own website, but a spokes bureaucrat confirmed that the legal position had not changed. It said password sharing is both a criminal and a civil matter. Quote, there are a range of provisions in criminal and civil law which may be applicable to the case of password sharing, where the intent is to allow a user to access copyright-protected works without payment. These provisions may include a breach of contractual terms, fraud, or secondary copyright infringement, depending on the circumstances where these uh, where these provisions are provided in civil law. It will be up to the service provider to take action through the courts if required. So again, there's this is all hogwash. All of this, all of this, these stories that are out there, total fear mongering. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's just to get people to be afraid to do it, so they'll stop. It's just clickbait. It's just yeah. BBC and Zero Hedge and uh, what was the other one? Epic Times. They want people to read their article about Netflix's new supposed enforcement of this. Uh, according to the story here, there's no evidence to suggest any of the major streaming operators in the UK would actually bring charges against their customers. Netflix said it wanted to, quote, make it easy, unquote, for people borrowing others' accounts to set up their own account to transfer their profile into a new account as well as to create sub-accounts for people to pay extra for family and friends. So I think... Yeah. W- oh, this goes into it here. It says uh, those who continue to share account... Um, we'll have to pay additional fees, and the online video streaming service has been testing add-on payments for password sharing in some Latin American countries already with an additional $3 fee. So they're right. just going to be doing things like that. Yeah, like- it's going to go like this. You're going to, if you share your password, they're going to detect the fact that it's being used at a different IP address at some point, and they're going to pop something up on the screen that's going to say, hey, we noticed that you're in a different location today, but you're still logged in at home. Would you like to log out from your home location? And then if you say yes, you'll probably be okay. I'm just guessing here. And if you guys have experienced it, you want to comment, go ahead. But if you say no, then they're going to say, well, we'd be happy to let you continue using Netflix for a low price. We'll add you into this plan, or you can spin this off, spin your account off into your own plan, and they'll give you a break, right? So if it's normally 15 bucks a month or whatever they know they're not getting that out of you right now so they're gonna say come on in we'll let you in at nine bucks a month or eight bucks or something like that meta is also in the news nikki you had a story this uh, meta by the way is a company formerly known as facebook they still Mm -hmm. own facebook but this was sort of this rebrand that they did a year or so ago Yeah, i think they have uh instagram and whatsapp too correct 
Yep. So Meta is doing what now? So Meta has threatened to remove news content from Facebook in the U.S. It objects to a new law that would give news organizations greater power to negotiate less uh, negotiate fees for content shared on Facebook. A similar law passed in Australia led to news on Facebook being briefly suspended last year. So that already happened in Australia, where they suspended the news on Facebook. I remember talking about this. I remember absolutely nothing about the details of this law. But yeah, I do remember we did discuss the issue. Was the idea just like that fake news was getting spread around, so the best way to handle it was to just stop all news sharing? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they're just going to get into what the, the legislation is, though, in a moment. So Meta claims their platform, in fact, provides increased traffic to struggling news outlets. Mm, okay. It says publishers put their content on Facebook because it benefits their bottom line. The legislation known as the Journalism Competition, Competition and Preservation Act was introduced in Congress by Minnesota Senator and has bipartisan support. Ooh, okay. So this is something that they're trying to do to protect the old guard news media industry. Why can't we just let industries that clearly need to die, die? Like, I agree. Why can't we let airlines that are failing die and get better airlines? Why no, can't we bail them out? Yeah, why bail out things that nobody wants? Well, it's for the greater good, Bonnie. That's why they're going to steal money from us to fund it. Well, the politicians want to keep these people uh, alive, right? Because they're doing their bidding. Because they're, they're the, paid. Yeah. The yeah. news media yeah. is protecting the Republicans and the Democrats. You know, even though they seem to be one way or another, Fox News is right wing and MSNBC is left wing. And then they're all owned by the same parent company. Well, not, they're not all owned, but there's like only a handful of, of parent companies and they're all pro government. But, but my point is like, it's not like there's a parent company for all the left wing ones and the a parent company for all the like one parent company can own you know C- CNN and Fox and MSNBC I don't think that's true but it but that could be the case I didn't say those I know that those ones are owned by the same right, parent company right. I'm just saying that's not like one owns all the right wing all the left wing it doesn't not matter to them yeah what they're saying now is if this legislation gets passed then say goodbye to any news being yeah. shared on Meta. Why would we want to keep it's sharing? It's not called Meta. It's called Facebook. Sorry, Facebook. Say goodbye to anybody sharing news on Facebook because why would Facebook want to, want to keep giving these companies that are trying to undermine their business any extra attention? And, and I think they uh, they get to that in this in this story. Yep. So, however, Meta argues that this narrative is wrong. Instead, it says Meta drives traffic to news sources. Right. These news that sources. That sounds right to me. Right. Yeah. Meta. I, I think Meta's opinion here should be that these news sources should be paying them. Well, right. Instead of instead of this legislation that it says would allow quote unquote publishers and broadcasters to collectively bargain with social media companies for a share of ad revenue. They don't deserve ad revenue from Facebook just because they're posting on Facebook any more than any other user deserves revenue from Facebook. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. So if they just have a Facebook account and they're just posting their articles, I just don't get why either party would need, you know, like, why would Facebook need to pay them? Why would they need to pay Facebook? It sounds like a mutual. They're just using their account, you know. Well, Well, they're they're both getting something out of it. More people are going to their 
page because it's shared on Facebook and they don't have to go to CNN.com or whatever. Right. Well, and also we know that and one of the reasons why I don't do anything with Facebook anymore is because they've neutered their platform. You Mm -hmm. cannot post like Free Talk Live's account there. I think last I heard had like 70 or 80,000 quote unquote likes or followers or whatever they call them. But if you post something to that account, you're lucky if 300 people will see it. You have to pay. Yeah, right. So Facebook wants you to pay to increase your reach. I believe there have been social media companies who've tried this before. And I don't... I don't remember the names of these fly-by-night yeah. operations, but like, hey, come on over to this social media. We're better than Facebook because we pay you to post. Well, our advertisers are giving us money, and we're going to share the profits with our viewers or our, with our uh, posters. You hmm. you post content on our site, and we'll pay you for it. And well, I've never, I've heard, never that. heard of that. Ends yeah. up being you know pennies or whatever. It's yeah. not. It's really you're not going to get anything out of it. Wasn't there a uh, crypto version of that? Yeah, there's one called Twitch. Steam, Steams or something? Steam, it's another one. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And for a little while, Steam, it really did have mm-hmm. something there for uh, for a little while. I don't know if it still does. I thought that was donations for some reason by viewers. They it are. could be, yeah. They are, yeah. Which it, it, makes right. more sense. Yeah, direct payments for yeah. crypto payments for people that are posting valuable things. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's possibilities for this, but you don't need to have the government to come in and do it. Uh, There's a story here from the Washington Examiner's Tom Joyce. He's weighing in on this. He says this journalism, quote unquote, preservation act would kill local journalism. So not all journalists are in favor of this. Some of them can clearly see what will happen here. And as he points out here, the bill would allow smaller news outlets to band together to negotiate with big tech companies such as Google and Meta without violating antitrust law. So it would basically give them a carve out. Uh, proponents of the law say they want big tech companies to pay news outlets for their news, giving local news another revenue stream. But it's not that simple. In fact, there's another story, and I'm going to get into the rest of this this one here, but just as an additional point, uh, there's a detailed piece over at, I believe it was Slate, where they said that this particular legislation actually exempts certain news organizations. So like anything with a revenue of less than $100,000 a year would not qualify for the oh. protection of this. So it's only That seems like the opposite right. of what should be happening. It's only going to affect the larger news outlets in in this case if it passes. Uh, but it's not that simple says Joyce over at this story. Freaking deserves money too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meta, the parent company of Facebook has threatened to stop running news content altogether if the bill were to pass. Didn't they I I have this memory of something else they did very similar because uh like this that was really funny when they did it before, too. It was like, I almost think it had something to do with Russia. Like, Russia was threatening to not let them uh, have have something posted on Facebook. And they were trying to get them to pay them. And, and they were like, well, we just won't have Facebook in Russia. And it was way before the war. Hmm. You're not thinking about the Australian story? No, sorry. There... I, I'm just hoping that would ring a bell with you. Because no, the it was same story did happen in Australia. So maybe it was that, but I don't know. Uh, Social media is, they say this could be a loss to small independent outlets. Social media is a low-cost advertising medium for smaller news publications. Sites such as Facebook and Twitter don't charge people money to post, and people can reach a large contingent of viewers on these websites. 
And that's something that some people have been saying for a while that they want to force on these companies like uh, Facebook and Twitter is to force them to allow people to post on their platforms. Yeah. That, that was something that people like Chris Cantwell and a lot of the people on the alt-right were demanding for some time a few years ago was that they didn't feel like they were getting a fair shake from Twitter and Facebook. And so they wanted the government to step in and mandate that these sites no longer be private websites where they get to set their own rules but be essentially quote-unquote public squares where everyone has access to post why not why why not just create the government's own public square website that sucks and nobody wants and chris cantwell can uh, uh definitely have a right to be on there and whoever else can definitely have a right to be on there it's just like why they Facebook could. this private company? Yeah. Well, and they do that. They spin it as some freedom of speech thing. But truthfully, it's it, Facebook is a private company. You know, if they don't right. want you to have an account, technically. They can shut know, down. They could just close the whole thing down if they wanted to entirely. Yeah. You know, you don't really have a right to Facebook. I don't that's know. the thing. And, that's, and no one should have a right to Facebook. Yeah. Go ahead and start your own website. And, and, and besides, there. there is like Rumble and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. Chris Campbell probably got kicked off those two. Probably. Uh, losing Facebook, he says, would hurt the site's long-term sustainability. If a law caused Facebook to stop letting people run news articles on its site, that would hurt the companies that have invested money into Facebook advertising to grow a bigger following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a real slap in the face. Go ahead, Sarah. I just wanted to say that. Remember, we were talking about people are so afraid of change. And uh, yeah. they get into this habit, and, and there's actually a, a neurological reason that supports it. Really? What's because, that? Well, what is that? There's two parts of the mind. The I guess the uh, the thinking part of the mind, where you have to make calculations. It actually takes more an- energy to um, to calculate and analyze situations, uh, the situations. But mm-hmm. there's the the more of the how do you say the the autopilot mind? Yeah, like the subconscious the, and the conscious mind. Autopilot, yeah, subconscious. The, yeah, the, the autopilot, that's why they tell you uh, to put all the shampoos in the same place, put all the uh, all the clothes and everything in the same place. So it takes less effort and energy for the auto, the subconscious mind to go and... So it's, it takes less energy and effort for the subconscious mind to to do things. You know what I mean? It's easier for them because it's already um, they already know about it. So that's the the habitual part. So right. So, so what you're saying is, in order to change, somebody right. would actually have to actively reprogram their mind, and that takes a lot of effort. And people aren't willing to put that effort in. Yeah, and, and when right. people think a certain way all the time, their neurons literally take a specific path in their brain, mm-hmm. like physically. It and burns whenever in that path, yes, basically. and whenever you need mm. to think a new way, your neurons would have to burn a new path, and that obviously takes more energy than mm-hmm. or energy and other things, um, yep. concentration stuff like that, than if it was just using the same path over and over. And yeah, well, Sarah, you you moved around a lot, right? I, I think that you said that you've moved like different states. You lived in Boston and stuff like that. Right, I was a I was a, a lot of traveler when I was younger. And then I kind of pretty much kind of settled down when I hit 35, 40, and I just got wore out. I can't, I, I just, you know, I can't move around all that much. Yeah. I, I, I feel like move around. Yeah. so many people that just like never moved out of their hometown slash traveled, like, you know, went on vacations and stuff like that. So many people like that, I've I've noticed like that they are more likely to just be 
you know, they'll settle with a crappy boyfriend. They'll, you know, not make the same like risks or take the same risks and stuff like that. And I've noticed that people who, you know, had to move around a lot or have been out and traveled, you know, they're better at handling change. Something else a lot of us uh, might agree on out there is that if you love your pets, you do what it takes to stay with them. And uh, some people are giving up their animals, apparently. According to MSN.com, here the story by Jacob Bogage and Yuen Liu. Actually, it's the Washington Post. When the street cats of Chicago's Hyde Park get out of control, Frances Spaltrow's neighbors know they can call her for help. She shuttles the cats to foster homes. But there aren't enough for all of the strays, which often aren't strays at all. They're just pets looking for their homes and the oh. owners that have turned them outside. That's that way worse. so sad. Yeah. During the worst days of summer, when Chicago's oppressive heat drove abandoned animals to court strangers for food, water, and air conditioning, Spaltro's Rescue assisted 35 homeless cats from a neighborhood of fewer than 30,000 residents. One volunteer from Spaltro's Hyde Park Cats Rescue keeps foster homes for six felines. That story has played out across the country. Not too long ago, Americans opened their homes to a historic number of pets, a development comparable to the post-World War II baby boom in terms of its size. More than 23 million U.S. households, nearly one in five nationwide. Okay, so that gives us an answer to the question we had earlier was how many households are there in the United States? This says 23 million is nearly one in five, so roughly over 100 million households, something like that. Uh, have adopted a pet during the coronavirus pandemic. I remember hearing the stories about that because people were forced, you know, in theory, at least we were, we didn't feel so forced because we went out during this stuff, but, uh, but a lot of people felt like they were forced to be inside their homes. They were alone. So they got pets. Well, apparently not all of them have, uh, stuck with it. According to the American society for prevention of cruelty to animals, President Biden even adopted two pets, they said during that time. While most of these animals have remained with their adopters, animal and welfare organizations are now scrambling to get to help some pet owners provide for their cats and dogs or come up with the resources to care for animals given up under economic duress, lest some owners face an impossible decision, surrender or abandon their animals so they can keep themselves and their human families afloat. I read a story about a woman who um, couldn't feed her cat and was like trying to accept don- like get donations just to buy cat food. Wow. You know, it's really sad. This is recent. Yeah, yeah, I saw that like last week. I don't remember the details from the story. I didn't end up reading the whole story, but I saw the headline. Did it work for her? Did you check the fundraiser no. out? I know I, I never s- followed up. I suspect it would work, right? Because yeah. you know people care about animals more so in a lot of cases yeah. than they care about humans. You know, and I've seen other stories of you know like single mom can't afford Christmas presents, and you know, or is eating her children's scraps because there's not enough food to go around. So it's a huge problem right now. <sighs> you don't need to be buying Christmas presents if you're having trouble putting food on the table. I've not done a lot of traveling, but I have gone to Mexico on a few occasions for the Anarchapulco convention that uh, Free Talk Live broadcasts from down there. And it is a sad sight mm-hmm. when you are in those uh, the streets. So, like, when you go to a place like Anarchapulco, it's usually happening at, like, a resort or yeah. something like that. And they keep the riffraff away from, from the resort. But I don't like just hanging out at the resort. I like going into yeah. the actual city. And so, you know, Mark and I would go and we'd walk around and take cabs to different restaurants and places in uh, in, in Acapulco. And you see plenty of stray dogs around. Just hungry, yeah. skinny 
like skin and bones kind of skinny, scary looking kind of uh, situations because you know there's just so many animals and no one spays and neuters their animals there, and it's just they're all over the place. Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, I volunteered at a animal clinic in Guatemala. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. For how long? Uh, I was there for two weeks. Okay, what was it like? There were a lot of really sick dogs, mm. and they were and essentially strays. Just all of them were stray, or what? Yeah, so so most of the ones that we were taking care of, they were strays mm. that the vets would just take in and you know try to you know the really sick ones. They would try to kind of you know bandage them up, give them medical treatment, and then hopefully find uh, like fosters for them. But me and my sister fell in love with this dog. So we were like, oh, we should take him home and, you know, find him a home in the U.S. Because obviously no can there do. are usually more homes. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it's it's just more likely that someone in the United States will have the means to adopt a dog than in some of these other countries. But could you? No, it's, we could if we jumped through a bunch of hoops. Mm. Essentially, you need to get them vaccinated, make sure they're healthy enough, all of the things. But we went, we inquired about it more and we were doing some research and essentially... You can get the dog on the airplane, but once you get to the U.S., they might not be able to enter the country. You can't guarantee... Even if you've jumped through all the hoops. Yep, you can't guarantee that the dog can actually still go to the U.S. So then what do you do? The dog is at the airport. You essentially either have to put them down, yep. try to send them back to Guatemala. So we were like, I'm not going to risk... Right. Har- you know, I'm trying to help. I'm not going to risk harming this dog that I'm just trying to help. So it was really unfortunate because me and my sister were willing to pay money to right. do things to help this dog. Aww. Maybe even adopt it ourselves, but we weren't. And but it if was customs a, says nope, then yeah, it was you know, essentially government regulations. Unless you can afford another ticket back immediately, yeah, then your dog's going to get know. taken to the, uh, the put down. Basically, it's just really scary that that's even a possibility mm-hmm. that they would rather kill this living being than. Let it into the country. I know, like, a lot of people with cats, at least, that don't bring them to the vet. And they're, it's not like they're irresponsible pet owners either. Mm-hmm. Like, they love their cats. They take good care of them. But they're just of the belief that if something goes wrong, then that's the end. Well, not even necessarily that. But if you have indoor cats, it's like, do they really need all their vaccinations and all the stuff? You know, it's yeah, like as long question. as they're fed and taken care of. And then maybe if, if they're really sick, then they'll bring them in. But... Uh, but look, I mean, a, th- a thousand bucks. I mean, you know, do the do the math. That's yeah. less than three dollars a day. To I mean, have- if you're expecting to spend less than that on an animal, to, especially to like feed them and stuff right. like that, I mean, you should be expecting some sort of expense. I mean, if you adopt an animal. That's I mean, nothing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, to have something that you hopefully love and care about. I mean, if you if you don't love the animal, then you shouldn't have gotten it in the first place. Or you don't think yeah. you're capable of, uh, you know, appreciating an animal. I don't definitely- understand why people do because. Like uh, we know people who are just like, oh, I just hate my dog, and it ran away. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Well, no wonder like, it ran away from you. Yeah. Right? Why? Why did you ever get it? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, gotta understand there are costs. You know, if you want to have an animal, there's going to be a cost in time. Obviously, a dog takes more time than a cat does, right? And a cat, you got to just clean out a litter yeah. box from time to time, and that's about it. Uh, but a dog takes a little bit more time, but they also return a lot more attention. Yeah. They also give you a lot more appreciation, a lot more love uh, than a cat. I and- don't know about a lot from coconut. If you, if you need that, you shouldn't get a chihuahua. 
Oh, Coconut's always snuggly mean? in the morning. I don't know what you're talking about, Bonnie. He's just always dissing me. And <laughs> not in to a way a cat would be. Because he has a personality, be. you know? He's just like a person. He's got you know? his own, Sometimes absolutely. people are like that. During this whole show, he was sitting in the middle room in the dark. And we were just like, why is he in there? But... But it's d- still much more than a cat. It was mostly a joke. I do understand the concern that people do have regarding uh, what they would describe here as surprise veterinary care. Certainly, yeah. you know, unexpected things can happen to any loved one, whether it be your you know, kids or your husband or wife or your dog or cat. Um, and there are things like, you know, Trupanion Pet Insurance and mm-hmm. things like that that can help uh, defray some of those costs. But of course, that means you are paying more on a yearly basis uh, just to keep that insurance policy. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.